people who are citizens of your great kingdom. And Lord I thank you that as kingdom citizens we know who we are. We know that we must be about the Father's business at all times. So we thank you, Lord, that this is your business with us today to teach us from heaven. Give us understanding. Give us love. Give us encouragement. Give us correction. Give us exhortation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, today we're going to talk about the fact that he leads me and I walk with him. Amen. He leads me and I walk with him. And that's kind of a a, um, a slight contradiction in terms a bit. If he leads me, how do I walk with him? Amen. He's in the front. If you're walking with somebody, they're side by side. So it's it's easy to figure out that he's leading you from within. Amen. It's the spirit within. It's the spirit of Christ that dwells within you. You're being led by him and at the same time walking with him. And if you are with him and in him, then there are certain blessings and benefits available to you. And if we can stay focused on the fact of our positioning being correct. It's not about your activity so much or what you think or what's going on in your circumstances or what's wrong in your life and all that kind of stuff. But if you will focus on positioning yourself correctly in Christ, you will understand that there is a an inner leading, an inner drawing by the Spirit of God that affords you certain benefits in life it's very very beneficial to walk with God Uh, so many times you know people have a one-time confession of salvation and and it never goes much farther than that because they don't understand the fullness of how walking through this covenant is accomplished and so if we can reflect on how God has positioned us for our maximum benefit in life this is your maximum benefit and it's not hard you know I wish people would get the idea get get beyond this mistaken notion that everything that God requires or, or gives us to do is difficult you know we make it difficult by our lack of knowledge sometimes it's just things have been handed down to us we're told this about this and this about that it's amazing how your mind will latch on to everything that's negative instead of the encouraging things that if you'd simply believe only believe all things are possible you know there's no add to with that and so when we when we stop to consider God you can understand where he must have made the way easy for us because we've already failed at the first test of obedience to God and so there must have been something in that that God has corrected now that's allowing us to live more consistently for God and I think it's the indwelling of God in us before we we lived in a, a, a flesh house and God visited us and we see the visits weren't frequent enough to keep us out of trouble 
You got me? And so now God says, well, I'm not visiting anymore. I'm Emmanuel, God, with you, living in you, being with you all the time. And if that's not enough, devil, I'm sending another comforter. And I've got legions of angels to protect them so that they can be totally insulated and live in my kingdom. Yet they are here on earth. See? So God has to answer the devil's threats and also answer our prayers. So there's a lot of stuff going on here in the midst of what God's doing. See the accuser is always telling God lies about us. Huh? A lot of them has got some truth to it. Because if he catches us over in his playground he'll tell God on us. Well guess who was over here with me today? Oh, and they had a good old time. I, you know, they say, you know, you say they new creatures and they over this and over that. But listen, when I fed them this lie, they ate that up and then went on to ask for more. Uh huh. And so, but that doesn't mean that we belong to him anymore. See, this is the whole thing. And if we can stay out of the devil's condemnation. Of when you you do things, you know, you stay over there and let him beat you up and tell you you're this and you ain't that and all this. If we could stay out of there, (laughs) we could kind of live. And God warns us not to to willfully sin because it's hard to crawl back after you know you done wrong, and you gotta look at people every day and know you did them wrong, and they oh if they could just forgive me and well you're forgiven but you won't forgive yourself because you know better. You got me. So that's the worst kind of sin is the know better sin, and you do it anyway. And so God will help us to get back, but He tells you, warns you about the condemnation of the devil because man he'll whoop it on you and then he'll start bringing out his history book on you and tell you what you did over here and you must not be no good and look at what you're doing now you call yourself a Christian and see that's why you ain't got this and that's why you ain't got that and that's why you ain't got you don't know how to live right you just bad huh and so when we understand that God wants us to live totally for him he has come against all of that stuff that the enemy would present to us he has given us everything that we need to serve him successfully to prosper to be successful if we'll just walk with him just just follow his lead and keep up with him in our inner man keep up with what he's doing keep up with what he's telling you keep up with what he's showing you keep up with what he's doing in your life and quit trying to run ahead of him and that's what we do all the time drop his hand you see something on the road and he's just, your eyes get tantalized by it. I always wanted one of them well, the devil knows it too huh? God's the first one to know it He's already got it for you in glory somewhere. But the devil will dangle it in front of you to see if he can get you to drop God's hand and run over and try to get it for yourself. Huh? Like you could ever do that. So anyway. So if you turn to Psalm 23 and verse 1 we'll start there. It says the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack for anything. See I don't want nothing. I'm content. Huh? But see, you don't have it. Well, where's your this and where's your that? Where's this you believe in God for? Where's that you believe in God? None of your business. Huh? 
He died and left you the Pope. You know, I mean, people act like you got to give them answers about your life. You don't owe anybody any answers about your life. huh? Now, the pastor is somebody different. Don't get stupid, okay? And we don't really want to know your business. We want to know enough to help you. But come on now. What's going on with you is not that unusual. Hmm? The Bible says these things are common to man. You walk around the corner, you'll find 15 people that's been in the same spot or in the same or getting ready to go in the same spot. So these things are common to man. So he says, "I shall not, I will not." Now, what this means is that when you walk with Jesus, you do not perceive the lack and the poverty that is around you, because it's there to see. But he says if you walk with him, if he is your shepherd and he is leading you, he is leading you in a place where there is no lack. So you have to keep your your focus on the things of the spirit. Keep your focus in the word. And you don't experience lack. You don't experience poverty. You don't experience discouragement. You don't you don't experience the world. You only experience the things of the spirit. So even if the the wolf is at the door and the creditors are calling every five minutes, you lie down in green pastures. You don't have any lack. You're just comfortable and secure. You're not threatened by anything. He says you you walk by still waters. In other words, if if you know there's no turbulence in your life, there's no upset in your life. You know, water is something that's supposed to refresh you, but if it's turbulent water, you're scared to even take a drink. See, you're scared. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of somebody who who uh, is afraid that their provision's going to run out. You know, you're just nervous all the time. You're not sure if it's, you know, your paycheck is going to last or if you're going to be able to take care of everything. That's that's turbulent. So even though you have some money, you're afraid really to spend it because you don't know how what's going to happen or you know, all that kind of stuff. And see, that's because we focus on lack. And we focus on natural things and we focus on what's what's going on. The biggest the biggest robber of of people's souls sometimes are the things that we use for information. Like you know people just got to watch the news 4 hours a night. We all crazy. Because you know, if you watch CNN, they do reruns. So if you saw it a half hour ago, it's just, and then the, the on Fox the stories are recycled. They all preach the same thing there. You know, liberals are bad, and conservatives are good. And and okay, you know that. So do you have to have four hours of that every day and every night? You know, if you miss one show, one day they're still ranting and raving about the same thing the next day. So it never changes. But if you listen to it, you'll be indoctrinated. And you'll start believing that all of that is all that there is there. Huh? Jesus don't listen to none of them. You understand me? He has his own news that he wants to tell us. And he wants our ear so that we will listen to the good news. 
You know, by the time you listen to all that, you don't even want to go witness the number. Well, what's the use anyway? Because, you know, it's all going to end tomorrow. We're in such poverty, we never get out. Huh? You're so discouraged, you just dropped his hand. He's not leading you anymore. Huh? You just took the detour off the road of, of, of uh, goodness and mercy and all good things. He says this, he restores my soul, which means that your mind no longer craves bad news, but your mind starts to crave good news. Mm-hmm. Remember you used to go in the coffee room and if they were all buzzing about something, you inclined your ear to that. You had to find out what everybody was talking about. If they were talking bad stuff about the boss, you rejoiced. Because there's something in people that doesn't like success. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't like power. It doesn't like authority. Little do you know that if the boss goes, you probably go too. Or if this one leaves, they're going to put somebody worse in their spot. Mm-hmm. You only got five stripes out of the one boss. The next one give you 15. <laughs> so so we, we have to be careful to stay focused in what God's doing to restore our souls. He wants us to think like he thinks. Jesus isn't worried about anything. He's not fearful about anything. He could care about the stock market. If he ever got a few saints to quit being so nervous about it and start getting his vision for what he wants to do to prosper people we could change the path of, of economic you know, recovery in our nation. You can change it with prayer. You don't have to wait for somebody else to get in office and then they give you a bunch of excuses. Mm-hmm. That's all you ever get from well you know I wanted to do so and so but I couldn't because of well whatever. You know, been saying that since I've been born. Which ain't that long. Going off again. See, I caught him. Everybody wants to go over the line and start finding out stuff they're supposed to privy to. But he leads us in a righteous path, folks, and that's that's a no worry path. There's enough, you know. People think righteousness. I can't do this. I can't do that. No, righteousness is what he puts on you. You wear that, and so it's not a do and a don't. It's a garment. So you wear the garment and you walk like you. It belongs to you, huh? Yeah, we're not really thieves. <laughs> but we feel like it sometimes. Huh? Don't deserve it, but deserve has nothing to do with it. He just puts it on you. Huh? He just puts it on you. You ever had somebody that had something that was really pretty and you think, Ooh, I want to try that on. That's what God does with us. All of the fruit of the Spirit and all of the gifts of the Spirit. He adorns us with those things. That's the bride's adornment. Hmm? It's got a closet full of stuff he just puts on us. Amen. And it all looks good on us. Hmm? 
the Bible says praise is comely for the upright. You know, if you're upright in heart and you stand up and worship God, God likes how you look. You ain't doing it for man. Uh-huh. You do it for God and it looks good on you to him. He likes the way you look praising him. And you get your heart right and you, you make sure that you don't have anything. You know what? The, when it says upright it really means that you're in your heart you have love toward God and people. You know? Remember what he said about your gift? Don't don't bring me an offering or nothing until you make it right with your brother. You'll get, you'll, I mean he doesn't want to have anything to do with that kind of hypocrisy. You know Pharisees that's what they did. They weren't righteous people. They could care less about those people they were leading. And they were ministering to. And and God despised that. That's why he brought his son in to clear all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. Jesus chased everything out of the temple that wasn't like God. So that's what he does with us. We're clean temples through and through. Don't let the devil start getting you in, in some nonsense, you know, where you think you have a right to dislike somebody. You had a right to not forgive. You had a right to something wrong. You know, you don't have a right to anything wrong. You only have a right to what God has for you. So learn how to wear the garments that he's provided for you. You know, might not feel comfortable at first, but you get used to it. Huh? Just look at yourself in the mirror and say, I could get used to this. It ain't what I would have picked for myself, but I could get used to it. Can you get used to it? It's the finest they make. I could get used to it. That's what my husband and I would say. We go to these resorts and timeshares and say, oh, we could get used to this. We could get used to And you claim it that way. I just can't get comfortable here because I can't afford No, you could get used to that. Huh? Anything God provides, you could get used to it. There's one thing he did teach me to, to want the best of everything. He said, hey, people just like you are, if they can get it, we can get it. Come on, let's go get it. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. It allows you to get comfortable with, you know, you can abase and abound. Some Christians are funny. They can't get comfortable in abounding provision. It makes them nervous. So you've got to get comfortable both ways. That's, that's Bible. It's Bible. There's nothing. There's nothing holy about wanting to be abased all the time. You got to abound. Yeah, every you know, and, and have provision. Be a good steward. Understand why God provides these things to us. Because your leadership down here, you have to go wherever God tells you to go. And you got to be comfortable wherever He tells you to go. So it's a good thing. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not let fear grab me. You don't fear evil. You never fear evil. You don't feel sickness. You don't fear death. You don't fear poverty. You don't fear losing anything. You don't fear lack. You don't just don't fear it. If you learn not to walk in fear, it will never attach itself to you. If you learn how not to be scared of it, it'll never cling to your life. Well, people say, "Well, how can you say you'll never be poor?" Because God says I'll never be poor. He doesn't have He don't have poor on my schedule nowhere. 
He don't have it on my schedule. Well suppose you mess up. Well he'll restore it to me. You ever read this story about the prodigal kid that spent all his daddy's money. And then when he finally repented came his daddy gave him everything. That's me. If I ever mess up. You got me? You don't mess up too much for God. You can't bankrupt your father. You already bankrupted heaven. Okay. We did that already. And we saw God restore everything. So you can't bankrupt him. Are you kidding me? You don't run out of money for his kids. Listen if these parents with, with dope addict kids can get lawyers and rehab and all that. They'll take and sell their house to get help for their kid. How much more do you think God's willing to help us and put us back into covenant with him? Well you know you spent all I had last time. You ain't getting no more. That's a lie. Huh? And I'll tell you how to prove it. Quit believing it and ask God for more. And see if you won't get it. But be a good steward this time. Show him you're sincere. Be respectful. Huh? It's just the way it is. So God is willing to forgive us. And even and when we walk through situations that look like they're going to take us under. We don't have to fear them. You don't have to fear them. Now fear may try to attack you but you can't. You don't have to embrace it. You don't have to honor it or let it abide with you. Just remember that God's with you instead of fear. Just resist the devil and he will flee. He says your rod and your staff comfort me. The rod and the staff were not used to beat the sheep folks. They were used to take the keep the wolf away. Mm-hmm. You don't beat sheep you lead them. The obedient ones will follow. You know you don't have any problem with obedient sheep. You stick out the rod to guide them so that they don't stray. You don't hit them with it. You just put it out there and they just follow where they're supposed to be. Any, every now and then they have a little ADD when they're born, a little, sh- little short. You know, he didn't stand long, line enough to get line long enough to get a full endowment. But they didn't leave them behind for the wolf to get them. Uh, they found a way to keep the even the wayward ones with them. Yeah. So he says also you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now this is a table of peace folks. Table always represents covenant. So he says in the presence of my enemies you prepare a table for me. Hmm. So that table is to to make friends of your enemies. Hmm. A table can be a table of communion, a table of fellowship, and also a table of covenant. You can invite people in to covenant with God. Well, this is a table of salvation for those who are against God and against you. It says you anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Anointing one's head with oil was always a symbol of abundance and provision. And his cup runneth over. And goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I know I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so you're just walking with Jesus. He's your security eternally. Your eternal security. So as he leads you by the inner leading of the Holy Spirit. Then you walk with him. You're everything he would be in the world. 
And he has to lead us if we are to please him. You can't please him without being led by him. You can't do something stupid and say well you know God showed up and blessed it must have been God's will. Well you know if it was or not. You won't have to try to convince anybody it was God's will if it was God's will. So from Abraham to Jesus God's conditions for blessing are obey me or follow me or leave all and follow me. In Genesis 21, uh, 12, I'm sorry, verse 1, you see him meeting Abram. And he says, get thee out of here. Mm-hmm. Get up out of here. Get away from your family. Get away from your father's house. And go where I tell you to go. And then he caps it off with a promise. If God cannot make your life better, he won't have anything to do with you. You got me? So whenever God comes into your life, he makes it better. He will pay you more than the devil has ever paid you. Because the devil's just looking for opportunity to get his back. We all know that. And so he, God will not pay you less than the devil paid you. He's always a God of increase. Whatever your life is now, he will tell you to leave that alone. But God, I got this, I got that, I got you got nothing compared to what I'll give you is what he told Abram. Once he laid all the promises on Abram, he saw it was a better deal, so it says in the next next couple of verses he got up and left. Huh? Only took him two verses to hear God and get up and obey him. Huh? And he kept going. Many times he stopped. Many times he got off on the wrong road. Many times he did what he wanted to do and mistook what God said. Didn't understand spiritual things. But he kept following God. It's so important to keep following God. And to understand what it means to be in the will of God. To be in the will of God to me really means sitting at God's table in your seat that he prepared for you. That's the will of God. The table of God represents fellowship. Represents represents covenant. It represents instruction. Identity. Position future all of that is at the table of God what he's prepared for you and so God has prepared a position for us a vision for us provision for us sustenance for us a dwelling place on earth a name for us in earth he's prepared all of that for us see that's the will of God Many people think the will of God is just picking up scraps off the table. Remember the Syrophoenician woman? But there was healing there. But God wanted a covenant with them. And I'm sure after a while she understood that there was a higher place for her. So even though her mind was I'm not worthy and, and we're dogs and according to your people and your people are the great people and we're the lesser people. But if she understood she could get a crumb she got in the dining room 
And once you start licking crumbs, I don't know about your pets, but my dog, after a while, they ain't satisfied with they up on the table. We had pictures of Coco standing up on the dining room table. We didn't even know she'd get up there. Who knows where else she'd been. But she won't get up there where everybody else is. She see us up there and doing our thing, having a good time. She wants up there too. So the people who, who start out with the crumbs, eventually they figure out they've got a place up there. If you got in the dining room, you can definitely sit up to the table. And how many of us have gotten over the years, This we had enough of small, enough of crumbs, enough of limited, enough of this. Father, I want the, the will of God. I want to be in your will. I don't care what it costs me to sit up there at that table. I want in. Mm-hmm. You just want in where the action is. Huh? I know when, when <laughs> yeah, I know action. There we go. A gambling story. <laughs> When I would go, well, my we went to Las Vegas. I mean, we could have gambled in somebody's basement in a bathtub, but my husband was too high class for that. So we get on a plane and let the people take our money, you know, whatever. And I would always play card games that I felt comfortable with. And I just, I was always afraid of the craps table because it seemed so complicated and so this and so that. And so I, and, and Aubrey would, he would always, he said, no, you stay over here. Doing his thing and he's throw him out there. And, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, oh, I could do that, I think. So anyway, he got lost. We got separated one time. And a dealer called me over, you know. And he said, he said, I seen you at the table. He said, you want to learn how to play this game? I said, yeah. You know, I was all eyes. Oh, yeah. And so he explained it to me. And it seemed a little more complicated than I thought it might be. But then I thought I could handle it. So. I didn't say anything and so the next time we were there we were we had they lost our luggage and so we didn't have any luggage to take to the room you couldn't you know relax or anything like that so I had to walk around in a wool suit that I wore from Cleveland I looked like a rube I did not look like a a seasoned gambler you know, an exotic person from, you know, London or something like that or anywhere in the world. I looked like I was from Ohio. So we were a little angry. And so I I was standing at the craps table. I said, I, I told Aubrey, I said, why don't you let me shoot a little bit? And so all these people are saying, that was packed for some reason. All these people stand around. Oh, give them. When they see women, they want to give the lady the give the lady the dice and everybody's tapping you on the shoulder for luck and you know putting all these touch me over here I said okay you know putting your little voodoo blessing on everybody and in the time we were there you know those people made so much money it was pathetic and the guy that that I held the dice I mean you throw passes which means you don't crap out everything you throw wins for somebody and I'm there it it was at least 28 30 minutes you know no nobody holds the dice that long so my husband's there he said yeah I knew she could do it all the time put it over here wait 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 let me get mine down everybody made money (laughs) so I was dying to get in the game so I finally got in the game and didn't know what happened couldn't tell you why they won anything like that I was just throwing dice I was a little good luck piece and 
finally crapped out and everybody said oh and they pushed me right aside and looked for somebody else <laughs> to come up there but Aubrey was happy he said baby I don't believe you did oh, I'll believe you did that look at all this money you know he's throwing it up and all this crazy stuff and it lasts for a minute you know by the time we went home it was all gone but you know that's that's the way the game is but everybody wants in I don't care you get tired of being on the outside looking even if you get up there and don't know what you're doing you get it you just want in you want to make sure that you get everything you get out of life you don't want to leave anything here that you haven't done for God you you don't want to be just the crumbs anymore and there's so many situations where people relegate themselves to just receiving crumbs we do that to ourselves because the father has a position for us at his table you don't get to the head but you have a place at the father's table and to me that's the will of God you want to be in the will of God you don't want to be on the fringes you don't want to have to compromise because there's something you want that God doesn't want you to have and you're going to try to have it anyway that's what puts you on the outs but if you can repent and get right back in the will of God then you sit right up to the table again God's best belongs to you the fullness of blessing the fullness of covenant blessings belongs to you because you're at the father's table you're positioned correctly and he knows you and you know him through relationship you're not afraid of anything that God would require of you it's not like you can't do it sometimes we get into stubbornness and we just don't want to do it but it's not like you can't do it you can do it you can do these things so with Abram it was get out of here go where I show you and his his God's promise to him was really to increase people God wants his original plan for man to continue you look at what God said to Adam in the garden it's no different than what he said to Abram it's no different than what God has always said to us he wants people of increase he wants people who are blessed so that they can be a blessing when God blesses you you can't help but be a blessing and you might try not to. Well, I'm sick of doing that. Yeah, I'm taking and tidies and tidies and tidies. But you can't help but be a blessing. Because God's blessed you. What's on you did not come from you. If it was yours, you'd run out of it in a hurry. But we're blessed so that we can be a blessing. No, the, re- the, the minute you stop being a blessing, you stop your purpose down here. Our purpose is to be a blessing. I don't know where all these purpose people come from that think you're supposed to. Everybody, it seems like everybody that talks about purpose wants to talk about you being a preacher. How come you can't just give your neighbor a cup of cold water? How come you can't just just help somebody get to church? How come you, what, what happened to being a blessing? bringing somebody else some good news some encouragement some joy some something like that what happened to that all of a sudden your purpose is way out of your reach again right back to the same stupid square one that the religion always leads us to it's always something you can't do because God never told you to do it 
See people beating their heads against the wall trying to have a, a huge ministry. Well sometimes you just call to the little people. Huh? And that's not a joke for the Irish. It's you know it's <laughs> people who <laughs> I <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's when it's not you know little people big world, but you're called to people that that perhaps don't have a lot of the world's goods. Jesus always wants those people reached, always. And oftentimes those people need one-on-one. You know, they're they're living under a bridge somewhere, and all you need to do is is drop a loaf of bread down there, and your anonymous loaf of bread, and keep running. Huh? I mean, seriously, because they're looking for bread. They just they don't necessarily want a friend to crawl up under there with them. They're looking for to be able to live from day to day. And so the the increase in humanity comes not just in you know preaching the gospel, getting them saved, which we don't do nearly enough of that to justify that we're a blessing, but it's also in causing people to be able to live another day, causing them to be able to be encouraged that that God answered a prayer. There was there was something that they desired that that came through for them, and that encouragement will take them for many days. See, it'll take them to the next time God sends somebody to encourage them. And so many times what we have to offer humanity is is spiritual things that they cannot get from welfare. You can't get that from the world. You can't get that from a homeless shelter. You've got to get it from somebody who is blessed. That's what the blessing is. You transfer some of God's essence onto humanity. And so with Abram he wanted a called out people that he could put his knowledge inside of them. And his power and his ways. Teach them his ways so that they would walk the earth as people who knew God. And God could demonstrate his power through these people. And so when when he made that promise to Abram it was a natural seed that he wanted to have multitudes of to serve him and Luke 5 you see Jesus doing the same thing Jesus as God in the earth now takes up that ministry and he begins to call men unto himself and it's the same mandate it never changes in Luke chapter 5 and verse I think I can start in verse 10 this is the miracle catch. And Jesus sees them struggling and and then he increases them. Never pay you less than the devil. They toiled all night, couldn't get anything. I'm sure this has happened before. With with fishing, it's catch as catch can. You know, sometimes it's it's abundant, you don't know why it's abundant. You try to figure it out, you can't figure it out. So Jesus comes and shows them why it's abundant. Because it has to be done at his instruction. So they're all astonished. And, and they were they're, um, James, John, they were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, fear not for henceforth you shall catch men. Yeah. So your job now is to increase humanity for me. Same as it was for Abraham, same as it was for Adam, it never changes. God wants increase. He wants increase not only of numbers, but of quality of life for his people. He wants abundance in your life.
But we have to put his kingdom first. If you ever have a choice between making more money and going win a soul, the answer to do what to do with your time should be obvious. Should be obvious to know where God's directing you. He says, Follow me and you will be enhanced. You'll catch men. So it just won't be fish that you can make a living off of, but it'll be men for me. You'll catch for me this time. And so in verse 27, let me see, what does that say? He calls another one. He calls Levi the tax collector and tells him to follow me. He gives him no promise. But he knows that what he's doing is not pleasing to God. So the one he calls with a rebuke, one he calls with a promise. Whenever you're called, the promise is still there for you. But you've got to take care of what you need to take care of first. Amen. He says, I didn't call the righteous, come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then they're sinners no more. See, once you repent and God accepts you, you're, his life, once his life is in you, you're not a sinner anymore. You got me? You're, you're changed. You're a new creature. He says, follow me and you will be enhanced. You will catch men. You'll be the father of a multitude, but these will be spiritual children. I want you to live now out of your spirit. I want everything of the spirit to come first. I want you to learn that the things of the kingdom and the things of the spirit are superior to things of this world. And so now the challenge becomes how to leave the world behind. How to not be ensnared by the world. And how not to let your focus be that of the world. That's a challenge for the believers. And so as God restores our soul, we hold on to what he's restored it into by staying focused on God and who he is, where he's leading us. The things of the spirit become more genuine to us, more enticing to us, more appealing to us than the things of the natural. So we are to follow him as our shepherd and as we do this we automatically incur increase. Following God always incurs increase. If nothing else you gather souls to him. I mean that's the most important thing as far as increase is concerned. I shouldn't say that if nothing else. That is the most important thing. And so as we do this the Bible says he who wins souls is wise. And you need wisdom to guide your affairs on this earth. So that wisdom that God imparts to you to win souls also works for you to solve your own life problems. Wisdom is wisdom. It doesn't turn off because you're not using it quote unquote for God. It's there. It's, a, it's an endowment for you to draw from any time. So as we, we obey him we increase. We gather men to him or souls to him. Jesus always drew men to him. So he will always draw people to you. You don't have to chase anybody down. You don't have to try and pick conversations with them so you can get in their business. You know he, he'll just draw people to you. So if we walk with him we draw people also. People are drawn to you by the power of God and the anointing. So as we follow him, 
then we finally become complete. The Bible says we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So we are complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means you no lack. You no want. He's your shepherd. You have no want, no lack. There's nothing missing from your life. You have peace. There's nothing broken. Now I'm not saying you don't have things on the altar. Everybody's got something on the altar. Huh? The best thing you need to put on there is stuff you need to get rid of out of your life. Get some of your little no-nos on the altar. Man, don't worry about when he's going to answer this prayer for you or when you're going to get this or when you're going to get that. You'll get it when you leave it alone. I said you'll get it when you leave it alone. Quit worrying about it. Quit messing with it. Quit trying so hard. Quit being mad at him over it. Just quit. huh? Just quit it. It has to do with trust folks. Do you trust the one who lives in you? He trusts you. He's living in your house. That's a lot of trust if you ask me. He's the one that ought to have the trust issues. Like he, He's not afraid of where we going tonight. You know, I mean, he was laying in the bottom of the boat, the disciples up there driving the thing. He told them, let's go over there and went to sleep. Next thing he knows, he's spitting out water. Crazy, pointing the finger. Don't you care? We going to drown. Don't you care about us? Isn't that what we do? The minute we, you know, start thinking about something, you could be having a good time. And all of a sudden, a thought will come to you. Well, what about this? When am I gonna get that? Amen. Before that thought came to you, you were complete, huh? You were in the spirit. You were enjoying life. And then all of a sudden, hmm? <laughs> see, you quit following him. Just that quick, you dropped his hand. Hmm? And you, what you're perceiving is not lack in your life. You're perceiving lack that's in the earth. It just hasn't come to you yet. What, what belongs to you has not been delivered to you yet. And you're looking at the lack that's in the earth. You're looking at what, what's not in your bank account yet. What you think you're going to need before the month is out. And you still here. You've been doing this every month and you're still here. But that don't convince you of nothing. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Mm-hmm. See the lack that's in the earth is the earth's lack. You you don't you, this is you your kingdom is not of this world. Your riches aren't down here anyway. I don't know why we keep looking around down here for stuff. Nothing but bills, sickness, more bills, more cares, more lack, more this, more that. Our riches are in glory. Mm-hmm. Then you can't figure out how to get them here except you obey God. If you could, you'd be in there robbing it every night. Huh? Let me get a little bit extra. You know you never know. That's why God keeps it locked up from us. So this lack is not ours unless we embrace it. When you start embracing it, that's when it's yours. Now there are many reasons we embrace this stuff and, and let go of God's hand. Now we all know we do it so everybody say oh praise the Lord. 
I'm guilty, but I'm getting better. Praise the Lord. In Mark chapter 4, it talks about why this happens. Verse 19. These are distractions to your walk with God. The only thing is wrong with you, you're distracted. You were having too good a time. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know, I know I don't have this. I don't have that. No, but but I don't feel bad about it. What's wrong with me? You're walking with God. You need to ask what's right with me instead of what's wrong with me. We start to question. So in verse 19, it tells you what the distractions are: the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and lusts of other things entering in. Choke Jesus. They choke the God off of the inside of you. Hmm? And you become unfruitful. Hmm? You become unfruitful. So you, you don't produce fruit for God. Well I just don't. I can't, I can't go out and witness to nobody. And You know my neighbors they don't want to go to church with me. And, and you know and they don't. You don't know them. You don't know what they want. Hmm? You need to ask God. God. Open the door for me to speak to these people. How many open doors do we ask for God to make for us to minister the word to people or or help people or something like that? I mean uh, it's all over the place where we can do that. But we don't want to get close to neighbors because they might get close to us. Won't be able to get rid of them when you know. Well, they're sinners, and you know they say, oh, oh, ouch, ouch, yeah. Well, they drink and they smoke and they talk loud. You used to. Hmm? Or worse now, you being a hypocrite. Tell God you want Him to use you, but you won't ask Him to really put you in the place where that can happen. Yeah, it's true. Amen. Yes, it no, you, you get that that you know thing in you as a believer where you you, you know you long distance, long distance ministry. You know. Mm-hmm. No, we'd rather send somebody ten dollars or twenty dollars in an envelope to reach them people, mm-hmm. and they'll gladly take it. And much of it doesn't go where they say it's supposed to go. It's all just an extortion thing, you know. I mean, you could be very satisfied with your your work for God if you get up and do some work for Him on a regular. God, I don't know my neighbors very well. You know, I, I want to know them better. I want to be friends with them. I want to, you know, let them know that that I love you and you love them, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And in just the simple things that we can share about God, we don't share them because we don't ask Him to put us in a place where we can share them. Now He don't want you vexed with crazy neighbors either now trust me if you if you and now hear me spiritually because that you know don't don't think that's right that's not right not to want to be bugged by people it's not but God will not overwhelm you because he deals with things by the spirit and the spirit's always under his control 
Now when you get involved with people in the flesh that's when they start bugging you. And that's probably what's happened with us many times. We get guilty. We don't go witness. And we just jump up and go do something. Well you got to pray these things into your life. You pray and you ask God to open the door for you to share Christ. What do they need God? What, do, what can I do for you today God? Should be your prayer before you even jump out of the bed. Huh? What's your prayer? What's your prayer? And so if, you, if you're if you following. And that's what Jesus did. When he went and he had his times away from the flock. And away from the disciples. In his personal time. He talked to the father. And they set up meetings. And they set up where he was going to go. And they set up the miracles. And set up everything. That's all he asked us to do. You know, fill us up and send us out. Give me a break. You're so full, you're bursting. Huh? You just need to go. I mean, wherever you go, you got something for somebody. You're not waiting on being filled up. I mean, with what? You know, we ate spiritual food, ate up all the steak, baked potatoes, and corn we can eat. Come on now, we full. Good gravy. We get another meal around here. <laughs> it's gonna be another, you know, a reality show. So let's just <laughs> let's keep it real here, folks. Let's keep it real. All right, we ain't waiting on nothing. God's waiting on us to put Him on the schedule first. He's not gonna take second place. Got to be on the schedule first. Got to be on the schedule first. It's not hard to do. Now, when I was a believer, people say, well, you know, you're a minister. It makes no difference. The anointing to save, my goodness. That's on all believers. The anointing to pray for the sick, that's on everybody. You know, I might have a little more boldness, a little more confidence because that's the anointing. But still, I've, I've got to get God to open doors for me like I do, you know, everybody else. So he, he'll open those doors for you to speak for him. Help people. You're here to help humanity folks. Help them. So <clears throat> distractions. The Bible talks about that. The first one really is fear. Cares. That's fear. Cares of this world. Fears. Now, fear al- always imprisons our faith. So don't treat it lightly. Fear is your enemy. It's a spirit that was not given to you by God. You don't have to embrace it. You don't have to honor it. And you certainly don't have to obey it. But fear will always set off an alarm on the inside of us. You can be walking with the spirit of God and your mind will deflect off on something that's not settled. Or you don't think it's settled. And fear will loom up. Fear is there to paralyze us in our walk with him. When you're in fear you don't want to take another step. So if the devil can keep you halted. He can start speaking to you from that spirit. Uh As long as you walk with the Lord. You don't even have a care in the world. You could care less about whatever whatever. But if you start picking up the cares in that thing you know as a fear then he has your attention 
and it will imprison your faith. Your faith will not work there. As long as you're worried about something, your faith is not working. And people have worries because they run out of answers. If you had an answer, you wouldn't be worried. You'd just be secure in your answer. If you're pulling answers from the natural realm, they won't settle you. You know, you can, you know, you say, well, I know I gotta get this repair done, you know, on my vehicle, and, and it takes this much money, and well, maybe I can get it from here, and then after a while, that goes away, and another one comes. Another, you can tell when it's not God because it keeps getting new ideas all the time. The devil likes to entertain you with your own voice, being worried about something that he's not gonna help you with anyway. So the only thing that's, that's going to be accomplished is you're going to have time spent worrying. And when the Bible says cast it. That means throw it. Throw it out and throw it down. Through prayer. You cast it upon the Lord because he cares for you. Father I thank you that all my needs are met. And Father this thing has come up now. And I'm asking you to help me get this resolved. Fix this for me. Give me the money. Give me somebody who can do this. Help me to get it done. And keep it before the Lord until it's done folks. We do that for a minute and then we start worrying again. It's typical. all you're doing is embracing the lack that's been around you all along you've been walking with God and the lack was not a concern now you've embraced it some way you've let go of God you've let yourself get distracted from focusing on him and his provision because the Bible says before he calls we answer I mean before we call he answers and while we're yet speaking, well you got to be speaking to him in his language. You can't be speaking fear and speaking doubt and speaking craziness. Amen. Amen. God wants us to be more, on, more than on time with our, our obligations. He wants us to be early. You know. We're so used to just in the nick of time stuff. He wants us to be early with everything. That's what abundance is. It it means that you have the necessity, the the requirement for the necessity there before the necessity comes up. It's just true. You know, he doesn't want us living paycheck to paycheck and then a gap in between. You got to leap over a, a, a gap there in order to get to the next week. He doesn't want that for his children. doesn't want that. He wants abundance for us. We, we have to, and you have to have abundance, an abundant mindset for that. And I don't mean wasteful, but I mean abundant. I mean more than enough for yourself. And then when the need arises somewhere in your environment, you can change your environment as well with the abundant overflow that you have. Once we embrace the world's cares, he is not leading us anymore. You've dropped his leading. You're being led now by lack 
by poverty, by what you don't have, by what's not here yet. So we need to understand when that happens, he didn't leave us, we left him. So there's no sense getting mad at God because you don't have something. You were on your way to it when you were in the spirit with him. You just took the fork in the road and let the devil get you hyped up and get you excited about something. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil comes up, well look at this, look what I can do in your life. Look here, look here, look, look, look. God can't do this, God can't take care of this, you know. It's and it's a two dollar wrench, you know, or something like that. It's real simple, you know, and when it gets down to it. We think everything's overwhelming because we haven't gotten there yet. Now listen to what I said. You haven't gotten there yet. You haven't gotten there yet. You haven't gotten there yet. So if it's in your vision. It's been promised. You're on your way. What's the problem? You're on your way to your ministry but you haven't gotten there yet. Is there a problem? Does this mean there's a problem somewhere? Does this mean you're lacking something? You didn't do something right? Why is it taking so long? Is there a problem? You're on your way to your home. You're not there yet. But you're walking with God and you're serving God. Is there a problem? Well why do we say it's a problem? Well, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of where I live. I can't stand it anymore. I got to move right now. You haven't gotten there yet. Now, see if I come and tell you that you won't slap me down. Oh yeah. Well, I'm believing God now. She, I can't have it. Are you walking with Him every day? Why don't you enjoy the nice scenery? Why don't you enjoy the fruit of the Spirit? Why don't you enjoy the presence of God? Why don't you enjoy the peace of God? Why you got to get all hyped up about something you're on your way to you just haven't gotten there yet? What you going to make Jesus want to stick a gun in his ribs and make him walk faster? What's the problem? What, what do you, what's your solution to it? Huh? Well sure and he'll let you. Last time you tried to rob God what happened? You got in debt with something? You got something you couldn't handle? What? Uh-huh. Don't act like you ain't done that before. So let's get normal here folks. If you're walking with God. Be peaceful. Don't let the devil hype you up. With fear. Oh you're never going to get. Oh you're never going to. Oh this is never going to happen for you. Oh yeah you know. And then after a while you quit. You start saying yeah it won't happen. I don't want that. Huh? Be careful when you turn on yourself. Hmm? Be careful. Hmm? You you start eating away at your own spirit, what your own spirit is carrying for you, what your own spirit wants to bring forth in your life. 
when your spirit ceases to thrive and, and nurture you, you get sick. You get depressed, you get cancer, you get anything because you, you're eating away at your own spirit because you're telling it you don't want what God has for you anymore. What kind of life is that? You're here but not here. God is still available to lead us folks. Care how crazy we get. Hmm? And went and robbed him and got the fruit of our labors. Huh? <laughs> I only need to pick up the word. You know where we left off and just repent. You know God I'm sorry I don't know why I get so crazy. Every time the devil come up to me and start telling me stuff like that. I listen to him. I shouldn't listen to him. Hmm? But he will pick us up and and start ministering the word again. The same word that you held on to and were comfortable walking with him in. He gives you that same word over again. And you pick up right where you left off and start walking with him again. Now you feel stupid. You're kind of looking around trying to see who saw you. Trying to see who. Do they know? Uh, I miss God. So what? They don't even know him. People you're concerned about looking at you don't even know him. Y'all worried about that. Slap yourself and put your eyes back on the road again. Stay focused. Because you're still walking towards your promise. You're just not there yet. You're not there yet. And there's no way you can hurry yourself up. Huh? You can stay focused. And hope you get there, but I won't go guarantee you're going to get there any faster. You just keep walking toward it. God likes to put us in a place where the suddenlies can occur for us. You know, after we've entrusted Him with the desires of our hearts, then suddenly that faith is turned on and that thing begins to work in us and it begins to happen that's how the seed happens see it's a seed thing it won't happen by your methodical plotting to make it happen the last time you did that took you a whole long time to get yourself straight again we, we, we have to learn these things we have to because God has so much more involved in our lives than what we think. More than we ask or think. You can only deal with what you can conceive of in your mind. But he's beyond that. He's way beyond that. Well would God use little old me for such a thing as that? Well I don't know. But if you keep walking with him you'll find out. So our problem is we want to know too much. We want to know the the end at the beginning. And he's the only one who knows that. It's enough for you to know the next step. Can't even do that right. Huh? So we have to just have confidence that God will get us there. You've given him. You prayed. You asked him. You asked in faith. You stay in the word. You stay obedient. When's my turn coming? Well that's the other distraction on the road. is self priorities. We tend to order our lives. 
by what we think will make us happy at this time. Mm-hmm. We think it will make us happy at this time in our lives and that's what we want right now. Mm-hmm. So we can become consumed with the desire for one thing. And that's never God. Never God. If I don't get this, I'm done. If I don't get this tomorrow, if I don't get that. Self priorities. This is never God. We can't follow Jesus for one thing only. Huh? We can't. That's that's really kind of an insult to a person, you know. Sometimes you know you you get friends, even Christian friends, and when they're in trouble, they need prayer. They want you around, but when they're doing good, they don't even tr- check to see if if the last time you gave them money, you know, that it, it took care of everything. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, you know, you get upset when people just want one thing from you and and don't look at a relationship and a full life with you. You can't follow God. Because if, if you don't get that, then you're out of sorts and you don't want to do anything else. You're just stuck there in neutral because you can't get that. Hmm? Well, you're on the way to it. You keep walking with him. You'll get there. You just ain't there yet. It's like Abraham. A lot of those saints in the Old Testament died not having seen the promises of God. They just knew about them. But knowing about them kept them alive. See that faith for something you could live off your faith. Once you have something then you got to take care of it. Huh? You gotta, there's upkeep and there's maintenance. Married people everybody's so hot to find somebody. I don't know why. You going to look like the rest of the married people out there. <laughs> sometimes it's good sometimes. <laughs> Brothers don't say you have your good and your bad days, but <laughs> cause you uh, keep on getting your healing, huh? Keep on working your marriage, huh? <laughs> it's truth. It is. So everybody's, you know, you get there, huh? You get there. You be looking just like the rest of the married people, huh? Kids looking just like you and. He said, man, they getting on my nerves. They just like I was when I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Huh? <laughs> well, I didn't teach him that. I don't know where they got that from. Well, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Huh? Sure. Praise the Lord. So God takes all of that into consideration. See these self priorities. Desire for one thing that you think if you could get that your life would be complete. It's a deception. Your life is complete already. So you know you've got cake and icing. That's just a little piping with your name or whatever it is you're asking God for. is just going to be a little extra piping, a little extra trim on that cake. See. When Job had to be tested, it was against this concept. So it's it's universally prominent with people. As the devil said, "Does God serve you for naught? Mm-hmm. You giving him everything? Got a hedge around what he owns? I know because I tried to kill him kids many times and couldn't kill him. 
Huh? Tried to take all his stuff from him. Couldn't trick him and, and get him to make a bad deal and get rid of all his property. So I know you got a hedge around it or I'd have had that stuff by now. Hmm? And so Job had was tested in that one thing and that was that he did not trust God in those children's lives. He didn't trust him in that. And so really it is a matter of trust. You have to trust who you follow. And when we follow our own self-interests and things of that nature, that lets God know we don't trust him. And that's a major sin for us. Because there's so much more that God wants to entrust to us. But we must trust him. You can't lean to your own understanding. You can't lean on your own devices. You cannot lean on anyone but him. So that trust factor has to be consistent. It has, and When you waver from trust you have to pull yourself right back into trusting him again. You can't go off and do what you think you want to do and call it God. You have to stay faithful to your commitments. You have to stay faithful to your your uh, the priorities that He has set for us. You know, sometimes we think we can do a little this and a little that, and it won't hurt us. And then we find out that we pay a grave price for it. You know, people can't be consistent in their finances. You know, your best thing is to set apart to God and pay your bills. If you don't have anything left to do anything else with, praise God, you got your job done. You did what you were supposed to do. Because many times people want to take a little bit. Well, it's okay. Well, I haven't had this in a while and I need this. And that kind of stuff will not fly with him. It's not good because you'll never be more than a debtor to somebody else if you keep that up. You'll always be a debtor trying to get a little fun here, get a little this here because you think you owe it to yourself because you've been waiting so long for it. Suppose it's not for you to have at all. Can you still live? I mean if God didn't give you any kind of necklace or cheap jewelry, that's all we ever buy. Cheap shoes, cheap jewelry and you understand what I'm saying? I mean, that's all. Really? You know, and you're going to hang all your relationship with God on that? Give me a break. I mean, you don't get, you don't desire cheap stuff from a, from a human. <laughs> I'd have a husband do better. I'd have a convulsion. I said, I haven't had seizures in 30 years. I'm about to have one. Don't bring that in here. You understand? (laughs) Don't tell me that. Huh? I mean, you don't want that from humans. I mean, if you get it for yourself. But come on now. Trust God. That's all. Trust God. He has much more than you can ask or think. Quit asking so much. Let him bring things to you. Huh? You know, he's got things that he can conceive of that he wants to bless us with. And he can't give them to us for us looking at trinkets and cheap stuff. Got it all in your eyeballs and this is what you want and all this kind of stuff. And and put on too much of it sometimes, you know. You know how that looks. (laughs) I mean, seriously. (laughs) <laughs> seriously 
You know, I mean, seriously, there's, 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 I mean, that's what the human eye can conceive. That's what your mind can conceive. You don't stop paying your bills to get stuff like that. You understand? Don't be stupid. Be a person of integrity. Be a person that God can trust. Be a person that sincerely wants to be debt free and wants to pay what you owe so that you're not always robbing somebody and got lack and with your head down and depressed and discouraged come on now we can live better than that but it's going to take stand with God and things you can't look up and, and you know have some kind of self priority here you know you have to have God's priority at all times he says oh no man anything but to love him means you know and then people send your bills you pay them bills don't go and do something else because you I'm just too overwhelmed I need some freedom that's your problem you lack discipline God's children are disciplined. They have his integrity. You know, he doesn't get tired of serving us and loving us and go off and want to, you know, do something else. I'm going to find me some more people. These people of mine is just too messed up. <laughs> they too messed up to be around. And so we have to be just like he is. We stick with what we've committed. We stick with our word. We fulfill our word. When we see we can't, we go to God and we go to those people involved. And we are people of integrity to fulfill our word. Quit looking for other things to do. And so we stay with God. We can get much farther. See walking with God really means to do it at his pace. And you know there were many people quit following Jesus because they couldn't keep up. Huh? And so we have to understand that there is a pace in this race that God set for us. Whatever we desire. Talk to him about it. He's with you. He dwells in you. Let him know what things that you you feel that you want to complete your life. But you know when you get in the realm of prayer. I guarantee those things you thought you were craving. You don't even mention them to God. Once you get under the anointing you just pray. Oh Lord I love you so much. Well what do you want? Oh I forgot. I forgot it was something I wanted. Huh? It's wonderful to know that all of this is taken care of. You don't have to think of anything, plot anything out, plan anything. Just be with him. Just get there with him on time. Honor him. Worship him. Let him know he comes first. Give your full attention to him. Don't be distracted by the world. This world's going to be here and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So you don't want to let that be comfortable to you anyway. The things of the world shouldn't be a comfort to us. But but God will folks. He will put us in a place where we don't perceive lack. I don't care what your circumstances are. You don't perceive your life is full. And you know he's leading you out of where you are. Because you see you got it on the inside of you now. See, when you walk with God. You get the vision of where you're going on the inside of you. And where you are now means nothing to you. It means nothing. Because you have his assurance that you're going to get there. Amen. So Father we thank you for your word. And for understanding of where we are. We know we're not people of lack. We're people of abundance. Because you said so. You're not a man that you should lie. You never lie to us. And you never leave us or forsake us. You're with us in this covenant. You're with us in this thing. 
So we thank you Father. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up because you are worthy to be praised and adored. And we thank you for it Father in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you need prayer come on up and I'll pray with you. Praise God.